Mino Lion Media presents the Safe Conversations with Kevin Waits podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Kevin Waits again. I'd like to welcome you to a new episode of Safe Conversations, where we unpack our bags and we really talk about stuff that impact us all. And so this week, I am I am excited, just like many other weeks, uh, to have on an alumni of the show. Cedric Scott Jr. was here about a year ago, um, did an exceptional job, and it's Black History Month, y'all. And in in honor of Black History Month, I wanted to invite someone on that I believed is Black History. Like, I'm watching it happen. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times when we talk about Black History, we think about, you know, Harriet Tubman and, and, and Martin Luther King Jr. And, and people from the past. But in honor of Black History Month, I, I really want to jump off this week talking to somebody that is really uh, doing something important. Uh, especially for our young people. So Cedric Scott Jr., welcome back to Safe Conversations. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me back. And um, yeah, the first time was amazing. And I just commend you on everything that you're doing. And again, I appreciate you for having me, you know, join, especially, you know, talking about Black History Month and, and just what we're doing there. And thank you. I appreciate the uh, the sentiments, uh, what you hey. say about me. I really appreciate it. Oh, no, that. that's real, dog. For real. That's real. So, you know, I know you've been on before, but if you don't mind, please just start out by reminding the, the listening audience who you are. Sure. I'm Cedric Scott, Jr. I um, actually I was a career changer uh, into the field of education started out actually in science. Uh, my bachelor's degree is actually in chemistry. Uh, became a chemist first uh, and then decided to go into uh, teaching. Uh, and since then, um, you know, worked in education primarily in the uh, Washington, D.C. public schools, but have since relocated. I actually live in uh, the Myrtle Beach area now. And I've done, you know, a lot of different things in the space, uh, teaching, instructional coaching, uh, went into school leadership briefly. Uh, and now I've actually kind of pivoted again and more so focusing in um, kind of the education technology space, uh, which has been great. Um, yeah. I'm a uh, proud father and husband. Uh, was, we were just talking about my son will be uh, four, you know, wow. which has been an amazing ride. Um, and my yeah. wife is also in education and, and she's been uh, in special education for mm -hmm over a decade and wow. uh, so we we kind of have that you know as a commonality um, yeah yep and i'm just doing my part and giving back to the world in whatever way i can and i think that you know education is is really the the one thing that you know i, I took away from you know my own upbringing and experiences mm -hmm. and things something that i just believe that we can really uh kind of have a good hand in and and be mm -hmm. able to uh, you know impact some change for our youth and just really for everybody yeah well i'm gonna start off uh by telling you and your wife and if your wife's not listening now maybe when the podcast is released you'll hear it but um thank you for your service you know i you know i spent uh, about 27 years uh serving between uh the military and law enforcement and a lot of times when people say thank you for your service they're talking to you know, public safety, right? Fire, EMS, police. But when we think about our, when I think about our greatest resource, to me, that is the kids. And so, you know, much love, much respect. Uh, 
in, in positive energy towards educators. You know what I'm saying? Because y'all, I mean, you know, uh, the front line is the front line. You know what I'm saying? And there are many fronts. So, you know, I appreciate you and your wife uh, for what y'all do uh, in educating our young people. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for that. Appreciate that. So said, you was on about a year ago, man, and we chopped it up a little bit. We had we had a great time. I remember we had a great time. So what have you been up to since then, if you don't mind just sharing that with us? Of course. Just continuing to push uh, the work that I'm doing, um, primarily you know, talking about uh, melanated mathematics, which is math and financial literacy in the context of black history and culture. Um, so really just building you know, capacity out there, uh, done some different things with, with the workbooks. I actually have a couple of things it's even here right now. Like this is one of the, uh, the financial literacy workbooks. Um, wow. Since I was on last, I've actually taken the original workbook that um, I had created, which had all three levels, um, which range from ages five all the way up to about 13. Mm. Uh, I took that and basically separated into three separate books. So there's a okay. level one, a level two, level three, just to make it a little bit more easy to navigate um, comfort-wise for for families accessing the material. And, you know, with that, um, really just been a lot of building from home family wise, yeah. um, trying to be the best husband and father that I can possibly be mm-hmm. and continuing to share, uh, with a lot of the resources and things that I've learned. Um, I mean, one of the, I guess, things that a lot of people are probably, you know, kind of engaged in with now is, a uh, artificial intelligence, a lot of the mm-hmm. AI stuff. So, um, I've been delving into that world. And actually included um, a few things in Melanated Mathematics. Uh, for example, the uh, workbooks um, for financial literacy, each one of them actually has access to uh, AI chatbots. So if people okay. are using like ChatGPT, imagine that, but um, for financial literacy purposes. So there's one for um, managing money, which is a mm-hmm. section of the book. Uh, another that's talking about real estate. And then the third that's talking about stocks. So you can basically right. go in. And, uh, you know, have a back and forth chat with, uh, you know, this robot, I guess, if you want to call it that, um, about those concepts. And, and, and again, it's more for thinking about our youth and, and families yeah. at large, just to share information um, and, and open up access to uh, resources and, and things that maybe, you know, we weren't necessarily privy to or mm-hmm. you know, kind of kept um, away. So, yeah, just continue to build out yeah. um, and just think about, you know, what are the, the more, you know, what are more ways that we can... Um, you know, share access. And then of course mm-hmm. my, uh, uh, memorial scholarship fund that I created um, right. in my mom's name. So, uh, you know, awarded that scholarship. I'll be opening it, uh, actually back up again, um, for the third year in a row. Uh, so awesome. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you know, you said so much just now, man. And, you know, as you were talking, I mean, that, that was like three minutes, but that was a lot. Right. So I want you to, I want to talk about this beast, the, the artificial intelligence. That's what I call it. I call artificial intelligence the beast. And you talked about it being a resource for kids today. Now, when I was growing up, my artificial intelligence was the encyclopedia, right? That was it. You know what I'm saying? That's all we had. We didn't have Google. We didn't have any other search engine. You know what I'm saying? So we had to, we had to pile that. In terms of it being AI being a resource, for our kids, do you think uh, it it is a big help? But do you think it has the potential to hurt our young people at the same time? What's, what's your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, I, I am in the space where I definitely see both sides of the coin. And, you know, as it relates to our youth in particular, the the nervousness that I have around it is, um, I guess, really exposed, like overexposure. Uh, and mm-hmm. then I think over-reliance on, on anything is, 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 you know, detrimental uh, to the point where, I mean, honestly, you could use these tools and resources to negate a lot of the work and effort that might have to go into certain things like writing an essay, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, what I find is that while I do find, you know, there's benefit and and things like that, um, I'm definitely somebody who talks about both sides of it, where for me, you know, yes, it's it's great and and beneficial, especially if you're talking about, you know, business or enterprise um, types of things where you can basically get a lot of things done, um, do, yes. you know, increase your efficiency uh, mm-hmm. with writing and things like that. But, um, you know, there are situations where we've already seen the downside of it, right? Um, you know, whether it's the, you know, images that are created or even just yeah. the text. I mean, one, you know, example that I can share related to, you know, the detriment, even just with the image side of it is, um, I believe it was last year in May, uh, there was actually a, what they call it, a deep fake uh, mm-hmm. image, uh, you know, basically a, an image that was created by AI. Um, it was a deep fake image of a plane that supposedly had crashed near the Pentagon. Mm. And just that that fake image itself tanked the U.S. stock market. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and then they found out, oh, it's not it's not real. And it rebounded. So you got to think about it from the lens of, well, if our children, as savvy as they are, right? And yeah. again, my son is about to be four and he's like a genius mm-hmm. you know when it comes to a lot of these things it, you know in comparison to me so i'm right. like if these things are not really approached or you know we don't have the know-how in order to help our young people navigate certain things then you know who's to say that they you know what they can do with it right just take it mm-hmm. kind of run so yeah. that's one of my main things is educating myself so that i can make sure that other people are aware of the potential detriment for it so mm-hmm. um but yeah to answer your question i do think that you know, there we got to look at both sides of it, and yes, yeah. there is a possibility of it being harmful. Yeah, you know, uh, you brought up a good point in terms of for business purposes, right? And just becoming more efficient. You know, I, I've seen that, I've utilized it, right? But but again, on the flip side, you talked about it uh, being, and you didn't use these words; these are my words. Almost a like a crutch for our kids to where they're dependent on it, and we definitely. We definitely don't want them uh, taking shortcuts and, and, and missing out on the opportunity to, you know, grow their vocabulary and do the things they need um, in terms of progress, you know, in academics. So, and I thank you for that. Um, can you remind us again and talk a little bit about Melanated Mathematics and why you created it and how it plays into Black history? Yes. So, you know, I grew up in, you know, the public school system. I'm originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And of course, you know, now I have since moved into being an educator in the public system as well. And I mean, you just continuously see the same disparities, you know, over and over again, where, you know, outside of February and in in most contexts, we don't really even talk about black history in schools. And if if and when it does happen, um, it's it's usually kind of a watered down version where we get the same stories and the same you know figures and everything, which is great to a, to a point. But I mean, there's there's more to be had, I think, there. 
Um, but then also, you know, again, me growing up, I didn't necessarily see myself and, and I personally really subscribe to and believe in the concept of mirrors and windows when it comes mm. to education. And too often, honestly, myself included, black students don't see mirrors, right? They only see windows. So with that in mind, I figured rather than complain about it or say anything, you know, I was like, why not just work, right? Not, why not produce something? And, and with that, you know, Melanated Mathematics, again, it's basically kind of the, you know, it can rival the, the, the math content that your kids would see in school mm-hmm. in terms of the level of the mathematics, um, you know, its application, but everything within it has Black history and culture woven throughout. And people ask, well, what does that look like? What do you mean? Uh, prime example, uh, the story of Henrietta Lacks, right? The, the woman from Virginia whose cancer cells uh, called HeLa cells have been replicating forever <laughs> since she, you know, passed. And, um, and even, you know, the story of that with her family where the cells were taken um, without permission and they've been able to do a multitude of things in, in the uh, in the medical space, um, even creating, you know, different cures and um, treatments for other ailments outside of right. cancer because, um, you know, that's you know, a major thing. So, but she's been called immortal because of those cells and how they continuously replicate. I've been able to take that type of story, that type of context and create a multiplication problem, right? You know, when we talk about her cells replicating, you know, seven at a time every week or something like that after eight or nine weeks, how many cells? So it's basically the same idea as a multiplication aspect where you could have, you know, seven buckets of apples and seven apples in each bucket, but instead we're taking the context and making it a little bit more meaningful and also providing some more of that insight into these stories, um, as well as, again, giving those mirrors. So that's where we are with it. And then, um, of course, I mentioned the financial literacy aspect of mm-hmm. it, which is another piece that's just you know, not necessarily offered um, or talked a lot about or really um, exposure being provided. So I figured why not also include that, but even with it still infuse Black history into it. So talk about, you know, our business people and, um, you know, Black-owned grocery stores and things like that, but still make it practical in the sense where, yes, we're talking about these three components, um, which are currently available, uh, managing money, uh, you know, the basics of the stock market and also in real estate and learning about those things and teaching our youth, um, you know, as early again as five years old and right. instilling those things in them right now so that by the time they're 18, 21, like many of us, they're not bombarded with you know all of this stuff. And now I got to figure out how this all actually works. Right. Right. Wow. And that's pretty dope. Um, so, you know, do you feel like you've gained even more traction what you're doing with method, uh, melanated mathematics since last year? I mean, how has the exposure been going for you? How is, you, you know, your, your products and curriculum being circulated across the country, across the world? I mean, how, how is it going? Uh, it's going pretty well. I, I mean, I could always be better, you know, and, but uh, that's, that's the nature of it is to continue to push. Um, but uh, I don't even think, though, the last we spoke, last time I came on last year, um, I don't think I actually had the melanated math uh, website up. Okay. It was okay. another subsection of a website that I have, but I mean, melanatedmath.com is, is the thing. Up. So, you know, there's access there. Um, 
and you know you can purchase directly through the website uh, or even just go you know onto Amazon uh, where you know the paperback books and things like that are available so opening up some different mediums uh, so that again access is possible regardless of, of where people are mm-hmm. um, and I've also you know added some different things to it some new you know cards and other resources and I um, actually did a, a little bit of a campaign this past year where I produced actually using uh, AI partly uh, produced some different resources that I had set up just for free mm-hmm. um, and I had a goal actually for those resources I wanted to uh, surpass 1,000 free downloads which okay I have uh, I'm probably close to 2,000 at this point that's now what's that. but that um, what's that? you know that helps awesome. you know with exposure yeah. and um, yeah that's awesome, man. That, that that's that's very uh, exciting. You know what I'm saying? And and that is uh, you you said earlier when you're doing doing your part. So that's a big deal. Now, you founded a company called Edu Hustle. Can you tell us about Edu Hustle and and, and what it's all about? Yeah. So, yeah, actually, that was probably. January, I believe, of 2022 is when I launched Edu Hustle officially, and really, what it what it panned out to be is is mostly a movement in support okay. of educators. So the premise and mission of Edu Hustle is guiding educators to maximizing their time, talent, and earning potential. And what I found whenever I pivoted from working in the school setting was. Um, I mean, my main thing ultimately was I, I wanted to work remotely so I could be home because at the time that was uh, when we were expecting our son. And I just knew how important it, it was, you know, especially as a black man, um, you know, bringing, a, a, you know, a, a black boy into the world to be present and just really be there, especially, you know, also with my wife. Um, so we've been blessed to be able to do so. We both are remote in that. Um, but that was a thought process because I used to drive an hour in the morning. Mm-hmm. And roughly two hours, um, you know, after work. And I was like, there's no way I can spend, you know, roughly three hours in, in my car with a newborn. Um, and then I, I, that was, of course, around the time that uh, the COVID-19 pandemic hit. Right. And it was just it was just all kind of crazy. So um, for me, thinking about it, you know, maximizing, again, your time, being able to spend more of your time with you know, your loved ones or, or have just a little bit more control over your time. Mm-hmm. Whereas working in the school, it's it's tough. Um, yeah. There's a lot of work and I mean, it's it can be taxing just to find five minutes to sit down and eat a sandwich. So right. it's like, well, I know that there are people who want other op- uh, alternatives or opportunities. So let me share what I know. Um, and of course, our talent, you know, educators are extremely talented people mm-hmm. and do a lot of different things. And um, I just found that there were other opportunities and things available that um, being in education, I had no idea um, right. that we could go into. So, um, yeah, with that. I just began helping folks out um, in the education kind of career space, sharing resources, information, um, you know, doing some coaching and stuff like that. So awesome. um, Awesome. But yeah, it's been it's been a great kind of undertaking. um, That's what's up. Edu Hustle. Get me straight. I said EDU. I appreciate you educating me. Edu Hustle. Yeah, I love it. So tell me this. You you mentioned that your son is uh, is four now. Oh, before. Before. Yeah. Next month. Okay. So. And I know, I told you, I shared with you earlier, we were kind of offline that my son's 27, right? And Cedric, I know uh, you you talked about the importance of being a Black man and and raising a Black son and being there, right? Being present. Can you share with us some of the things 
that you share with your son at this point about life, right? Knowing that you got so much more to tell him, right? He may not be ready for it. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like giving a 12-year-old a Mustang to drive. You know, they might not be ready for all of that, but can you share with us what you what you talk to him about now to help him get prepared for the world? I mean, the main things are, you know, being respectful um, and then framing what that means and what that mm-hmm. looks like for him. Um, you know, with interactions, of course, with myself, his, with his mother, our families, um, really anybody he comes in contact with, just, you know, that you're, you're kind of people, right? The, the approaches and things like that, even the way that we talk to people. Um, and it, really a lot of it more so is, um, I mean, because I do understand that you know, it's the whole do as I say, not as I do type of mentality, mm-hmm. but flipping that and saying like, no, I'm not just going to tell him things. I actually need to mirror and like mimic um, you know, the behaviors that I would like for him to, to kind of, you know, carry out. So just even in, in my conversation, the way I talk to my wife in front of him and things like that, and, um, and, and address other people. And I think those are the main things is that I just want him to really see me doing the right thing so that if, and when he makes a mistake, I can kind of point it out and say, well, listen, this is not the way we go about this. Have you seen me do this? Right. I never seen you do that, Daddy. Okay, so like that's that's not what we do, and you know those are the those are the main things. And just really, um, we try to instill a sense of like gratitude and appreciation in him. You know, yeah. even being three, you know, you say thank you, please, your manners, um, but also just just realizing that you know my son's life <laughs> at at three is is much different than mine was. Oh man, you know? what you talking about? <laughs> so, yeah. You know, um, it's a different time, man. Yeah. Um different time and the kids are so so much further advanced, you know what I'm saying? I mean, than we were. I mean, they have tools, you know, my my I watch my my granddaughter sometimes, my my 7-year-old granddaughter on her iPad and I'm like, "Huh? What what do you know, they are they are they are advanced and you know, I can I can, you know, tell on myself and talk about my age, but when I was coming up it was like you said, do do what I said. Yeah. Period. And these kids today, they move different. Cedric, they gotta know why. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they 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 have to know why. What's the term? Make it make sense, right? Yeah. They they gotta know why. So uh that's that's what's up, man. Uh I, I know you gonna continue to be a great dad, and and uh, and you you gonna continue to be proud, you and your wife. So thank, thank you. you for being there. Um, you know, I always tell people, you know, when it, when it comes to kids, three things they really they really need us to do, not want us to do, but they need us to do. Number one, they need us to show up. Right, we gotta show up. We we can't help them if we ain't there. Uh, number two, we gotta encourage them. You know, we we gotta tell them, hey. It's going to be all right. Hey, you are smart. You're beautiful. You're handsome. You can do whatever you. And hey, by the way, the sky isn't even a limit anymore. You can go like Buzz Lightyear, right? You can go to infinity and beyond. When I was growing up, the sky was the limit, you know, and and so I learned, okay, over time, oh, that's not even a limit. You know, there's no limit to what we can do. And, uh, And number three is, and I think more importantly, and you hit on it was don't just tell them, show them. You know what I'm saying? You can't just tell them, you you know, you saying, hey, do A, B, C, and D, and you're doing X, Y, and Z. You know what I'm saying? Again, it, it doesn't, going back to math, it doesn't add up. You know what I'm saying? And so kids will call us out on, uh, 
on this stuff. We can't just that they're very intelligent. They're hungry. They're thirsty for knowledge. But you got to make it make sense for them. Oh, yeah, for sure. And my, you got to make it make sense. He's one of those. So, he's one of those kids. He'll he's one of them kids. OK, <laughs> now, now said, does he get it from his mama or he get it from his daddy? I plead the fifth. <laughs> OK. All right. That's what's up. All right. Well, All right. But, no, I mean, you, you see traits of, of both. Um, Absolutely. You know, uh, I mean, I definitely, I think, have some some tendencies that I see in him, um, you know, kind of being, you know, kind of stubborn and, and those mm-hmm, things. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I've actually asked my dad, I was like, dad, you know, was I stubborn as a kid? And my dad yeah. just started laughing. Right. <laughs> he said, of course, yes, you were. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I guess I can't blame that on her. <laughs> he, got, he got it on us. He got it on us, right? Yeah. That's what's up. You wrote a book. Uh, in 2023. Can you tell us about your book? Yeah. So uh, one of the books I wrote, uh, well, I think probably the, the initial one outside of any poetry that I had been doing years pri- prior to that was um, a memoirs, uh, grade three to AP memoirs of a black male educator. And really that, that story, well, that the book itself is of course autobiographical, but it was, it was based on the premise at that time um, that, you know, I just I really needed to get the story out. Um, and actually, this book, I actually put it out in, in 2020 um, originally and I've since kind of rebranded and kind of put it back out. But uh, I really just needed to tell the story. And part of it is, you know, for us, especially thinking about, you know, if we talk about black men in particular in this situation. I think too often other people control our narrative or, or try to tell our stories for us and my uh, my favorite african proverb is the tale of the hunt and it's, you know basically the, the tale of the hunt um you know will always kind of glorify the the hunter um because you don't hear the side of the story from the lions and for me i thought it was important for, to be a lion and honestly for that too um i got the kind of i guess inspiration for the, the way that i approached it um by uh Ta-Nehisi Coates, he wrote uh, Between the World and Me, which was kind of an open open letter to, I believe, his son. Mm-hmm. And I, I took the same approach, right? I wanted to be able to tell my story and, and ultimately for my son to pick it up and read, you know, who his father is from his own, you know, father's words, right? From from my heart, my mind. I didn't want anybody else to tell that story. So that, you know, I just jumped all in um, and, and, you know, completed it. And I, I think even in the, in the initial kind of pages I, I said like this is not going to be perfect but in, in so many words I don't care yeah. I just need to, to get this out and of course at that time too you know with the pandemic we also had the murder of George Floyd mm-hmm. and I was like I can't I can't be taken away or something happened to me and there's nothing left you know behind yeah. so you know that was kind of the the overall approach to it so it's, it is dedicated to my son and um yeah, again, I just, it's just something I encourage everybody, yeah. really, but us for sure. Tell our story. Wow. So how's the book doing? It's doing all right? Yeah, not too bad. I need to, I think I can promote it better. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. A little more behind it, but um, yeah. but I mean, it just the the way that I'm able to kind of approach it and share it with other people, yeah. just even networking. Like, I That's mean, right. I, I, yeah. I just give it to people sometimes like, hey, you know, here's this. I've reached out to colleges and been able to actually speak to um, there's few uh, HBCUs in particular that have 
um, some programming specifically yeah. for black males going into education and mm -hmm. they've gotten copies of it. And I've been able to speak to their students and, and talk about what it's like, you know, being on the inside of, of this thing and, That's and uh, awesome. you know, share those experiences. So yes, mm -hmm. I mean, it's doing, I think what, what ultimately yeah. I push it to do and, and, um, you know, I, but always continue to push and do more. Yeah. So what's your, what's your next book going to be about? That's a good question. Um, I'm working on a couple different projects. Mm -hmm. uh, always always tinkering yeah. but um yeah i mean i think book wise i'm producing more things like resources for mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. edu hustle um right. like i've actually just worked on somewhat of like a like a, a dictionary of uh kind of business education industry terms okay um, so i'll be putting that out at some point because there's a lot of i think um misunderstanding in, in the approach to, you know, if you're leaving, you know, a teaching job and going mm -hmm. into maybe, you know, industry or, you know, curriculum writing or something like that, the verbiage um, shifts. And I think that that gets people kind of caught up a lot of times. Um, so I've been focusing on things like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's a good point too. You made, you made me think about when I, you know, retired from law enforcement in 2021 and for 20 something years, I've been reading and writing incident reports, right? So you, you know, you, things are framed a certain way, right? Who, what, when, here, how, you know what I'm saying? And then you come back out into the real world and it is an adjustment. It's definitely an adjustment, man. So I feel you on that. That's, that's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. What is the name of your book, Cedric? Uh, it's grade three to AP memoirs grade of a black legend. Okay. And where can people find it? Is it on your website? You can get it on my website. Um, you can get it on Amazon. Um, yep, either of those. That's what's up. That's what's up. So I really appreciate you coming back, man, just really to to celebrate Black history with us. Because like I said, you, you are Black history. I hope Thank you know it and believe it. You are Black history. And so I definitely appreciate you coming back. But I started a tradition on my show, and I think you missed it. The tradition is, is that I now let my my guests ask the last question. You know what I'm saying? Whatever it is, it's not scripted. I don't know what you're gonna ask. You know, and I've and I've got some tough ones too. But I, you know, I it's, it, we're at that moment. We're at that time where it's time for you to take your best shot and ask me anything you want want to ask, and I'll do the best I can to answer. Wow, that's that's a good one. That's like in in interviews, they ask you at the end. You have any questions? Mm -hmm. for us? <laughs> um, yeah. I think. More so related to, you know, your your work and in, in your show. I guess what what's the trajectory for you know safe conver safe conversations with Kevin Waits? Like, what did where you see this going? Um, are you going to be producing a book based on any of these you know uh, conversations and things that you've been doing? I've thought about that. I've thought about that, and 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 so I'll tell you, and that's a that's a very very good question. So the reason. I, uh, I actually started this platform was because I was talking to a, not just talking to, but working with a literary agent, right, about writing a book. And so, you know, I had uh, uh, published, self-published two books prior, right? And, you know, I met this literary agent, told him what I was thinking about doing uh, regarding safe conversations. And he was like, hey, yeah, this this is, let's do it. Let's do it. And so I got an education big time on book proposals, right? It's unlike self-publishing, but, you know, writing a book proposal is almost like writing a book. 
You know what I'm saying? And so we we worked all the way through it and worked hard on it and uh, got some bites here and there, you know what I'm saying, on publishing companies. Didn't quite get the deal we were looking for. And so as something to do until that train came in, I said, you know what? I'm just start a platform called Safe Conversations. And, and honestly, Cedric, it turned out to be more um, than what I bargained for in a good way. It, it, I'm, I'm telling you, it really has. Um, I mean, we've, we've talked about everything from melanated mathematics to, you know, uh, you know, gay people, straight people, different races, women in leadership. I mean, we have we have really from 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 prison to the pulpit. I mean, we have really I'm just blessed, man. I'm just blessed. But to answer your question, you know, because your underlying question is. What's next for safe conversations? Where do you go with this? Said, I really don't know. I'm, I'm actually working on a, a book project right now called uh, Favorite from Last to First. And uh, honestly, just like you, it's one of those books I need to get out because, you know, when I was a kid, I felt like due to the resources I had and, and, and you know, everything around me, I felt like I was in last place. I felt like I was dead last. Uh, didn't believe in myself, had a low self-esteem, didn't believe my life would amount to anything. And so, you know, the the, the book is really based on the scripture that talks about uh, the, the the first to be last and the last to be first, right? Many are chosen, but I mean, many are called, but few are chosen. And so that's kind of, you know, where I'm going with the book, but I don't know. I don't know, but I'm, 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 I'm just going to keep riding this wave, man. I'm, I'm having, I'm being blessed with awesome guests like you to come on and just chop it up a little bit and talk. And, and, you know, like I always say uh, to my, to my listening audience, as long as y'all keep listening, we're going to keep talking, you know what I'm saying? So I hope I answered your question, but uh, I don't, I don't know what's in the future for safe conversations. I'm going to keep talking though. Yeah. And that's, I mean, there's, there's some beauty to that, I think, and just, because I think a lot of people get, you know, afraid in terms of, you know, it's the fear of the unknown, mm-hmm. um, but no, I, I, I appreciate you and commend you just on searching for, and actually being, you know, being transparent enough to say like, I really don't know, but oh, no. yeah. you know, I'm not going to stop. And I, yeah, I just, it, yeah. that's encouraging even, you know, for anybody listening for me, for sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, your, your black history as well. Hey, I appreciate <laughs> I that. Know that. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So, hey, you've listened to a new episode of Safe Conversations with Kevin Waits. Welcome back, Cedric Scott Jr. You are doing big things. You are black history. And I thank you for coming back on. Uh, do you want to end the show by just saying anything to the listening audience? Um, I'm, I mean, outside of anything else, just continue to do your best, be your best self, care for other people, and try to put as, good, as much good out into the world as you possibly can, because we have enough of, you know, the, the negativity or the, the more unfavorable aspects. So, you know, just, just move as, with as much love, um, you know, as, as possible as you can muster. And, uh, you know, I think we'll be okay. That's what's up. Y'all heard it first. Lead with love from Cedric Scott Jr. So again, thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Peace. The Safe Conversations with Kevin Waits podcast is hosted and produced by Kevin Waits. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Find the Safe Conversations with Kevin Waits podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, 
TuneIn, Odyssey, Amazon Music, or where you get your podcasts. Find Kevin Waits on Facebook at Kevin Waits and join the Safe Conversations group. Follow the Mino Line Media Podcast Network on IG at Mino Line Media. Get the Mino Line Media app in the App Store or Google Play. The Safe Conversations with Kevin Waits podcast is a Mean Old Line Media production.